Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Tasha Radel, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's going on in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, the Minnesota Medical Association on the impact of the COVID surge on health workers, a preview of the GLOW Holiday Light Festival, and a Minnesota College Jeopardy winner remembers the late Alex Trebek. But first, after setting high temperature records last week, Minnesota set some records this week that no one wanted. The highest number of deaths from COVID in one day and a daily high number of new coronavirus cases. That figured prominently on Minnesota's political scene this week as MNN's Bill Werner recaps. Scott, with COVID cases spiking in Minnesota, Governor Tim Walz announced new restrictions. We've turned our dials. We're going to have to turn them back a little bit today. Starting this weekend, in-person service at bars and restaurants in Minnesota, not allowed after 10 p.m. Bars and restaurants, indoor and outdoor capacity of 50%, no more than 150 people. Counters are closed for seating and service unless counter service only. Patrons need to be seated at tables. No bar games um, that require standing is permitted. The governor says greatest spread of COVID is among 18 to 35-year-olds, many showing no symptoms. My goodness, we're asking them not to do the very fun things that make life so enjoyable, and they're doing it for the most part. But it's also lulled us into a sense of uh, a false sense of safety. But Republican Representative Dave Baker from Wilmer warns... I don't think people, when they close the bars at 10 o'clock at night now, with this so-called curfew or, or something that people will just go home and go to bed. I, I think that there's this group of people that are going to find ways of socializing in a place that maybe not be as safe. The Walls administration is also urging people to limit private gatherings to 10 people, whether inside or outside, with participants from a maximum of three households. You have to social distance, you have to wear a mask, and you have to recognize just because they're family and just because you know them, you've not eliminated the risk. This will go into effect at 10 p.m. on, on this Friday. We need to move now. When you got executive orders that are affecting our lives within our own households, telling us as families that we can't meet more than 10 people or more than three individual families together, and yet us as representatives have no say in that? Delano Republican Joe McDonald, under the governor's order, receptions at weddings, funerals, and similar events have phased-in capacity restrictions that will go down to 25 people after the 11th of December. Republican Representative Baker objects. Weddings are really getting pummeled, uh, going from a 250 today to a wedding max, down to 50 Uh, here in just a couple of weeks. The governor responds, weddings and funerals are hugely important human activities. He says it's incredibly painful not to do them, but warns of COVID spread. What we're seeing is um, not the actual ceremonies involved in this, but the social gatherings afterwards. To put these additional restrictions in effect, the governor extended his COVID emergency authority another 30 days, which triggered the sixth special legislative session of the year. Instead of trying to end Walls' emergency powers or trying to force the governor's hand by ousting his cabinet members, Republicans tried a different approach, proposing a bill in the House that would allow the legislature to selectively cancel certain emergency orders, perhaps bar and restaurant restrictions, instead of eliminating all of them. Bill sponsor, Red Wing Representative Barb Haley. Governor has said, you know, this will take all of us working together uh, to manage through COVID. Well, all of us. Include the legislature. Haley's bill did not garner Democratic support in the Minnesota House. Majority Leader Ryan Winkler. The urgency that we face is not our ability to 
nitpick those executive powers of the governor. The urgency we face is a collective national action to fight the pandemic and save our economy. House Republican Minority Leader Kurt Dowd responded he doesn't know why the governor would not support the measure. Because if he doesn't want to take this step, then he really does care more about the power and control than he does about working across the aisle and and working with the legislature to do what's best for Minnesota. And in this week's special session, Republicans in the Minnesota Senate turned heads when they temporarily installed a Democrat, Chisholm Senator Dave Tomasoni, as president of the Minnesota Senate. It's the first time since the advent of partisan politics in the legislature that there's a president from a minority party. Republicans did it to ensure they hold on to their one-vote majority in the Minnesota Senate. And this one takes some explaining. If President-elect Biden taps Senator Amy Klobuchar for a cabinet post and she accepts, Republicans are worried that Governor Walls would appoint Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan to fill that U.S. Senate seat. The president of the Minnesota Senate would then become lieutenant governor. Before this week's special session, that was Winona Republican Jeremy Miller. But Republicans don't want a special election if his seat is open because there's a chance they could lose their majority. So instead, they elected Democrat Thomas Sony as Senate president. So if this elaborate scenario plays out, they instead have a chance of trying to pick up Thomas Sony's seat. Parliamentary inquiry. State your parliamentary inquiry. Uh, maybe I misheard it. Who did they say the president of the Senate was? I think you heard it, Representative Doubt. Back to you, Scott. Thank you, Bill. Minnesota Matters returns after this. Quitting smoking or vaping can be difficult, and it can be even harder during times like these when stress is often higher. Finding healthy ways to manage that stress without nicotine is important. For Minnesota residents who are ready to quit smoking, vaping, or using smokeless tobacco, Quit Partner is ready to help. Through a family of free programs, Quit Partner offers free support like one-on-one coaching, emails and texts, educational materials, and quit medications like patches, gum, and lozenges delivered by mail. In fact, a mix of quit coaching and quit medications can help double a person's chances of quitting. No matter what support a person would like to try through Quit Partner, it's always judgment-free. And now that Minnesota has raised the legal sales age for tobacco to 21, residents may be looking for quitting resources now more than ever. To learn more, visit quitpartnermn.com or call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson. Reaction to Governor Walz's new COVID-19 restrictions have been varied, but healthcare professionals are supportive of a cautious approach. I spoke with Minnesota Medical Association President Dr. Marilyn Paitso about the impact COVID is having on medical workers in Minnesota as a COVID peak looms. The medical community in Minnesota is completely behind Governor Walz. Um, We have seen the surging cases all over the state, rural, urban, our ERs are, you know, piling up with patients. Our, our hospitals are filling with COVID patients right now at CentraCare. Uh, you may have heard Dr. George Morris talking. Uh, where I work at the St. Cloud Hospital, a third of all our patients right now are, are in with COVID-relating illnesses. A third of those are requiring critical care. And, you know, it has just ballooned very, very rapidly. And if we, if we don't do something... Things are going to be out of control in Minnesota like like they seem to be uh, heading in other areas. So uh, 
physicians are completely behind Governor Wall's new restrictions. Uh, with regard to the specific restrictions, and I, I won't go through the entire laundry list, but essentially it's it, bars and restaurant restrictions on when they'll close. There's also uh, restrictions on receptions for weddings and other gatherings that would typically uh, involve a, a fair amount of people. Do you think the governor is targeting the, the right kinds of events for these restrictions? Uh, yes, I think the governor did a really good job of laying out you know, what our uh, public health and epidemiology staff uh, is discovering. And the, the source of the spread um, is the young adult population, although they themselves might not be sick uh, or as sick. They are spreading it to their families, uh, co-workers, uh, you know, neighbors, etc. Um, and, and that is really what's driving the spread. And so rather than, you know, imposing a, a broad shutdown like we had to do early in the year when we didn't know nearly as much about the virus as we know now, I think these more limited restrictions are likely to uh, impact the rate of rise um, in a much more efficient way while, you know, still allowing commerce to go on and, and schools to go on, etc. You know, individual responsibility really remains the key to this. And we have all heard this over and over and over. And I know we're all tired of hearing it and would love to just, you know, go out and, and be out in public again. But, but the key to spread lies in our own individual ability to you know, wear a mask in public, maintain social distance, to wash our hands, to avoid large gatherings. With the holidays approaching, we just really need to limit our, uh, you know, family get-togethers uh, in November and December to, to very small, immediate family gatherings uh, to, to protect ourselves and to protect our loved ones and our neighbors. We do have some folks that seem to be pushing back somewhat against that, um, the request to keep things limited for the holidays, particularly Thanksgiving. What's your message to folks that are reluctant uh, to stay away from big family gatherings on that holiday? Well, you know, we're in the midst of a pandemic that uh, we have uncontrolled spread going on right now. We know that the, uh, many people are contagious and are asymptomatic. They may not know that they're contagious. And for the sake of our loved ones, our grandmothers, our grandfathers, our uh, people with chronic conditions, we just need to, this year, pay attention to what our public health experts are telling us. And we need to mask. We need to maintain social distance. We need to wash our hands. We need to limit the size of our public gatherings. Uh, we None of us wants to be in this situation, but this is the world that we are living in right now, and we just have to do this. And uh, for the sake of our, our families and our, our fellow Minnesotans, this is just its the way we, we have to do it this year. 
Doctor, one last question for you. I'm wondering how concerned are you about uh, potential ICU bed shortages or even healthcare worker shortages considering that we're seeing these COVID surges? Well, these are definitely concerns. Um, Minnesota has a really excellent um, system to help spread the resources around the state, um, you know, as best we can and currently. Although our ICUs are very close to being full, um, we have the ability to shift patients around. Uh, staffing shortages have been a concern as people, uh, you know, um, get ill from, from community e- exposure um, um, or are quarantining because of sick family members. And these are, are real concerns, and this really drives the medical community's uh, enthusiastic support of Governor Walz's new restrictions. We have got to do some things to get things under control or, or, or we're going to be in a situation where our ICUs may indeed uh, be overflowing and, and we may be in severe staff shortages. So those are certainly possibilities, but with, with proper support from from our fellow Minnesotans and people paying attention, you know, to the recommendations, we really believe that that we can slow down the spread and, and stop this rapid rise that we've been experiencing. Thank you to my guest, Minnesota Medical Association President Dr. Marilyn Paitso. Minnesota Matters returns after this. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. The Glow Holiday Festival, a new drive through holiday light experience, opens next week at the Minnesota State Fairgrounds, and Tasha Radel has more. That's right, Scott. And I'm so excited. The inaugural season attraction will take place for 46 consecutive nights, kicking off next Thursday, November 19th, and running through January 3rd of next year. Joining me to talk about this new holiday experience is Randy Levy of Rose Presents. My goal when putting something like this together is uh, really big, fun, and safe. Some of the components that we have from Nashville, the 100-foot tree and, you know, 200 icicles and um, with something we call crystal palisade, you know, the 20, 20-foot huge crystals that... Um, you know, we're creating a, 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 a like a literal wall of you know the world's largest gift box. So a lot and lots of you know lighted animals and different objects. Uh, but what we're doing in addition, we're up in the Machinery Hill area, which I don't think they call Machinery Hill anymore, uh, but the north end of the fairgrounds. And uh, we're lighting up that whole area, you know, trees uh, that. That and then in addition to that, we're well. One of the buildings we're lighting up, and it's a 3D outdoor graphic display called Tinsel Tower, which is just a trip to see. I don't know if you've ever seen outdoor 3D graphics, but it, the the feel is Santa flying through the air, or you know, different things. So I think people will be stunned when they see it. Uh, we have Purple Lane, uh, our own little. Uh, tribute and effort we're making with Paisley Park. Um, you know, I, we took the the old superintendent's house at the fair, and we're making that the gingerbread house and the the big Snelling Avenue water tower behind it. We're we're trying to make it 
it's silly, but we're trying to make it become the, uh, you know, the peppermint candy cane water tower with, with good lighting. So we're just, we're adding all these components. Uh, the fair is adding a state fair food court at the end of the tour and um, also at the end, which is a chance to get out of your car in this case. And we're, also, we're, we're putting that next to something called Selfie Park, small s, capital E-L-F, I-E, and it's just really, really cute objects that people can take holiday photos, you know, family photos, friends photos. Um, we even have an elf sitting on a bench with his left arm extended that you can sit next to him, a lighted elf that, um, uh, you know, people can take uh, selfies with. So thus Selfie Park. So it's just an effort to put together the Great Minnesota Holiday Get-Together a true winter state fair event that we can just keep developing over the years. Randy, I understand this event was originally going to be a walkthrough event at the state fairgrounds, but obviously the COVID-19 pandemic came into play. Yeah, it really was intended to be a, a walkthrough show. You know, we had, again, how well you know the, 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 the state fair, but there's a chairlift there. And that, that operator was going to come, and we'd have the chairlift running, 20-minute ride, where people could ride over the entire site of the light show plus some more. And um, we were we intended to use their event center up there, which holds five, 600 people, uh, sell everything. Well, to have a have – a, we were going to call it the uh, Alpine Chalet and sell everything from uh, hot chocolate to beer to wine to – sodas, uh, have an indoor merchandise market up there with our friend from Ragstock with ugly sweaters and different, you know, glow merchandise. And let's talk a little bit about the logistics. Um, I know that this is going to be, as you said, a 100% drive-through event. How is this going to work? I understand it's going to be a timed entry system. And we open at 4.30, so you buy a ticket for every 15-minute segment, um, 445, 5, 515, 530, etc. And I think you saw the hours, Sunday to 4.30 to 9, and weekends, 4.30, Friday and Saturday, weekends to 10, so Sunday to Thursday, a little bit shorter. Um, and in that 15-minute increment, we take 45 cars, uh, they queue up on the actual midway area of the fairground, but all that will come with instructions for people. And we bring them to the the, the start of our show, and um, every five minutes we send out 15 cars. So it's you're, you're you're in a train of 15 cars. We think it'll be 35 or 45 minutes total. There's 10 stops on the tour. Um, there'll be an audio guide, you know, that a YouTube link that we send you, so anybody that has a phone can can hit the link. And the and the guide is, um, you know part charming, part uh, directions, how to get there from your house, what we're doing. And some of it's, you know, just a factual comment that, you know, here's an object that has 42,000 LED lights and, you know, this is what it is, the world's biggest gift box that we're calling the grand opening or, you know, wh whatever it is. And before I throw it back to you, Scott, just a reminder, all tickets must be purchased online in advance at GlowHoliday.com. And I also wanted to remind folks that uh, $2 from each ticket that is sold will go to a local charity. Back to you, Scott. Thank you, Tasha. More Minnesota Matters after this.
Who might you save? Your mother, your father, your husband, uncle, aunt, son. Learn fast. F-A-S-T. The sudden signs of a stroke and you could save. Your friend, your best friend, teacher, boss, coach. F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911. F-A-S-T. Face, arm, speech, time. That's F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911. The sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in the recovery of... Your neighbor, the waiter, a fellow shopper, a total stranger, grandmother, grandfather... So learn F-A-S-T, the sudden signs of a stroke, then pass it on, because you never know who might save you. Your wife, your colleague, teammate, mother. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. U of M student Nabir Sarma of Eden Prairie won $100,000 this past spring after winning the college championship on the game show Jeopardy. MNN's Mike Grimm spoke with Sarma this week about the sad news of the passing of the show's iconic host, Alex Trebek. With Jeopardy champion Nabir Sarma from Eden Prairie, University of Minnesota student. Uh, he is a return visitor here on the Minnesota News Network, a Jeopardy champion in the college ranks. And Nabir, good to see you. Good to see you as well. I'm glad to be back. Well, it, it's uh, under unfortunate circumstances that we reconvene for, for our interview here. But, uh, of course, this last weekend we lost Alex Trebek, the longtime host of Jeopardy. And I thought it would be a, a, a fun time, I guess, in, in light of uh, the, the situation to recall some of your memories of your trip uh, to the filming of the event, of you winning the event, of your cool answer, which we'll get to here in a moment to close out the event of the Tournament of Champions in terms of the college uh, uh, jeopardy. Um, and I guess that's how I'd first uh, ask, uh, well, what, what do you remember most about your time on Jeopardy and, and specifically uh, your interactions that you were fortunate enough to have with, uh, with Mr. Trebek? Yeah, of course. I filmed the show in February of 2020, so this was well over a year after Alex originally revealed his cancer diagnosis, and everyone was aware of it, of course. And um, Alex, he does this thing when uh, during commercial breaks where he takes questions from the audience, and of course, naturally, there are people who ask about his condition, and uh, they would ask how he was doing. And uh, he was very honest about it, um, talked about the pains and the struggles of chemotherapy and such. But he didn't let that get in the way of him doing his job. And he really was the host of the show and, you know, didn't uh, take the light away from the contestants and really loved, like, meeting every single one of us and working through um, his illness. When you got there, um, did you were you, did you get any one-on-one time with him per se in the hallway, or maybe during a commercial break or something? And if so, what was that like? They actually tried to minimize the time that Alex spends one-on-one with contestants just um, to keep the game fair and stuff like that. So basically, what you see on screen in terms of interaction between Alex and contestants, that's basically what you get. But uh, at the end of each show, he sort of comes up to the podiums where all three contestants are and chats for a little bit and he really loves seeing everyone there everyone every single one of the contestants no matter if you won or lost he's delighted to hear about you know your life experience and uh, what led you to be interested in the show and the game and uh, he really like I said he likes putting the spotlight on the contestants 
Well, of course, uh, you won. You mentioned it was filmed early in the year, and then I think re, uh, you know it was actually aired in April, and then it was re-aired, I think, here in the fall as well. So we got to see the reruns of it. Um, and uh, for those that missed it, I, I'm sure it's on YouTube and, and, and people can find it, but um, we got such a kick out of how you finished. You knew you had it wrapped up. You knew you were going to win. You had a big enough lead. And in essence, you answered the final Jeopardy question of your final show intentionally wrong. Take us through that and what Alex's uh, response was, and and, uh, and it looked like he kind of liked that. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I like you said, I knew that I had the tournament sort of wrapped up, so I wanted to find a way to sort of have fun and also pay tribute to Alex. He's been on the show, or he was on the show for such a long time and was basically synonymous with the show. And so I crossed out my correct answer and wrote, who the man, so that when Alex read it out loud, I would reply with you the man Alex so yeah I, I thought it was a great way to pay tribute to the man and then uh, in re-watching that a little bit um, he he smiled and he knew you were the champion and he looked genuinely happy I mean he had you come out around he gave you the trophy big smile of course you had a big smile and he was really happy with how you played the game I mean I think he got a kick out of how dominant you were yeah it was it was a really great moment to have you know, be there with Alex Trebek, uh, and sort of someone that everyone looks up to, someone who I looked up to, and having him be proud of me was just, it was out of this world. He really has, uh, he brought the magic to that show, and especially to the entire time that we were filming there. It was his magic that, um, that made the show what it was. You've always been a trivia buff. You've always had great knowledge. You grew up watching the show, um, uh, and and part of why you wanted to be on it was because you grew up watching the show. And certainly, Alex Trebek, I'm sure, had a had a big influence on why you liked the show. Um, and now, with your experience, I mean, what what kind of emotions did you feel when you heard the news? Of course, I like everyone was aware of his condition. Uh, only later did I learn that he had stopped filming for about two weeks before his passing. Um, but hearing that he had a, a, he passed peacefully with his family, I think that's, uh, the way he would have wanted to go. And, um, you know, I have, of course, like the best of thoughts for him and his fam, his family. But, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, everything has gone as he would have wanted it to go. He went, fought until the very end. And like I said, was filming the show even two weeks before he passed. So um, he really put the show in a good place, brought it to like a level of cultural significance where everyone treated him like another member of the family in their television, in their living room. So um, yeah, he really endeared himself to it, to the hearts of millions of people around the world. And uh, he has left such a great legacy. Indeed, yeah, and continued success uh, as a student uh, at the University of Minnesota. Thank you so much, Mike. That's the 2020 winner of the Jeopardy College Championship, Nabir Sarma from the U of M, and Eden Prairie, remembering the great Alex Trebek. Sarma says he used some of his winnings to buy a bass guitar, and he's learning how to play it. That's going to do it for us for this week. Thank you for listening, and please tune in again next week for Minnesota Matters on this MNN station.